Melissa Lamb, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Topa Talk. Talk. Hello, listeners. Welcome. On today's episode, we have Jen and John Weir of Beacon Coffee Company. Uh, they started Beacon back in 2010. Uh, prior to that, Jen had her hand in restaurants and uh, managing some coffee shops here in Ventura County. And John has tried to get out of the coffee industry twice, but it's his calling. He doesn't have a choice any longer. Yeah, John, um, you're screwed. <laughs> you're stuck. Uh, he's originally from Texas, which is, I'm so, so, so excited about to have a fellow Texan. And uh, Jen is originally from a town called uh, Falmouth, which is south of Boston. Um, that's where she started her love for coffee. So kind of take us on that journey from your beginnings how did you set on this path of amazing delicious coffee well I always loved coffee um since I was a child um and growing up in restaurants I you know I was basically everyone runs I, on coffee yeah yeah and uh mostly just working in the summertime um and then after uh, school when I was home for the winter this the restaurant I was working for was closing it was a seasonal restaurant so I needed a, a job um, so I applied to the local coffee shop um, and that just happened to be the shop that John was managing and that's where we met yeah Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> was it love at first sight <laughs> there was definitely a connection or were you like uh, or was or were, were you guys like, were you guys like they're hot or were you like, God, my That's boss cool. is such an asshole? <laughs> yeah, tell us the truth. <laughs> there, there was a connection for sure. Um, we both were not interested in, in a relationship whatsoever, but hung out all the time. And it was just kind of Aww. like, it just undeniable, yeah, I guess. John has a side, it sounds like. Well, I, so uh, uh, Jen had been working at a restaurant that had been over the years like a favorite watering hole and employer of many 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 of my friends from Falmouth um so that was the first place that my brother and I went to have a cocktail when we arrived on Cape Cod after driving across the country and um a dear friend met us there and I was I was probably somewhat inappropriately checking out the person who was managing the floor that day as Oopsies. as my as my friend was telling me that somebody who worked at that restaurant had applied at the coffee shop that I had just moved back to take over. And uh, I was ignoring everything that yeah. Mikey was telling me. And I and I looked at him, and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's that? <laughs> and he said, uh, that's the girl you're supposed to hire. <laughs> and you're like, that's great. She's hired. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I want to say that it presented lots of conflicts. But to be honest with you, like, um, it, it really never ended up being a particularly big deal. So what was the name of that coffee shop? Coffee Obsession or Coffee O for short. And how long were you both working there? Well, John had been working there off and on. Like <laughs> when he was in high school, he worked mm -hmm. there. Um, and so I don't know. I guess we were there for about a year, year yeah, and you, a half. You started yeah. in, uh, you started mm -hmm. in, in like late September. Oh, dang. Look at that memory. <laughs> Well, so I, I I like to sync up dates and occasions so that I don't miss them. So we met on the 12th of September, 2002. Cute. 
I asked her to marry me on her birthday so that we wouldn't forget that day. <laughs> We're not good <laughs> at remembering get double dates. the presents. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then we got married seven years to the day that we met on the twelfth of September. Oh, where did you so get married? Uh, we got married here in Ojai. Um, nice. We lived on a ranch off of Santa Ana Road on the way up to the lake. Where the Land Conservancy bought that plot of land about like around, where the steel like, down by the river. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, at that house because we have fish that far up the river. <laughs> cool. Air quotes. So. So Sorry, o- OVLC. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> where? How did you guys hear about Ojai? Why Ojai? Well, oh, John, yeah, you're both on the East Coast. Yeah, so we're on the East Coast, um, and John gets an offer to come out here and work for one of the big coffee companies. Um, I guess we can we can say Jen and I coming Jen and I coming out here was my third time to Ventura County. Oh, okay. Dang. Yeah. So we went to rival high schools on Cape Cod. Uh, we graduated from <laughs> high school a few years apart, but we never met until we were in our twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had been re- I was returning to Cape Cod after having spent my second stint in coffee <laughs> in California, uh, and that's when we met. I went back to manage the coffee shop on Cape Cod. And I got a, an offer to come out here and roast for coffee bean and tea leaf. So, oh, very. What does cool. that mean? Like you got an offer to the come roaster? Roast. Well, yeah. they were looking. They were yeah. They were looking for someone, to and a friend of ours staff, yeah. that was working for them reached out to John and said, "Hey, we're looking for uh, a roaster." Um, yeah. So we moved. We moved out here. Um, I we ended up. We landed in Ventura. Um, yeah, John was like, "I have this offer. What do you think?" I'd I'd never been to California, but I was like, why not? Never been to California. She'd never been west of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've been (laughs) I've been to Europe. Like, come on, don't don't make it seem like I'd never left Massachusetts. Um, Yeah, but you're you're a ride or die. You were like, no questions. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. I just felt like that. What's the worst that can happen? I can come home if it's like also you know going to Ventura, California of all places. Like, hello, yeah, I think I'll go. Yeah, you weren't married yet though. No. Okay. No, we weren't. In fact, we'd only been dating for about a, like a year and a half. Okay, I love it. Mm-hmm. And so we moved out here, and we landed in Ventura. And I remember John taking me up to Ojai one day, and I was like, wow, this place is amazing. Like, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And we ended up finding a spot. We were looking for a place to get married. And we ended up finding that spot on Santa Ana. Um, and so we moved in. I, I mean, we it felt like we were there. there. Yeah, we ended up living there. Um so we've been we've been in like the Ojai area since 2006, um, and we started Beacon in Ventura. We have our roasting plant there. That's where we roast all the coffee. Um, we started that in 2010. Okay, so it's 2006. <coughs> you moved yep. to Ojai. Yes. When did you two start feeling psycho and wanting to open a business? <laughs> I feel like that, that takes story, it takes like a little like break in the brain. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> well, it totally so does. I think you have You're to like, understand that. You're like, I'm done with all of you and I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have been hardwired for like to to not work for other people. And that's something that I think we both recognized in one another from our early dating. Um, that we both had a vision for some sort of customer service some sort of like quality evolution that we knew was possible um but that it had to be our vision we couldn't continue to just execute other people's 
visions because and all we were seeing was that other people's visions were solely focused on the profit. bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. So, bes- okay. So you just obviously gave a huge hint, but what, what is your vision and why is it different than? Well, um, I, Beacon Coffee Company exists with this idea that, um, we can run a, we can run a coffee company that provides some sort of genuine attempt at creating equality in the supply chain. And what we mean by that is it's not just the people who work for us that need to be able to make a living wage. It's the people that produce the coffee that actually make, they, they do 90% of what makes a coffee beautiful before it ever leaves an origin country. We're just the last 10%. But we get all the credit, right? Yeah. But the farmers are still mostly being asked to continue to grow this crop uh, at a loss. Right. Yeah. We just interviewed Grace Malloy Buetti, and we were talking about true cost accounting about the products that we buy. So I want to know how many people do we have to thank for this cup of coffee we're drinking today? Oh, my gosh. How many hands touched these beans before it came in my cup? So um, first we would talk about uh, the people who picked the coffee. Maybe put the seed in the ground um, or the plant. Sure. Start you there? <laughs> yep. If we want to go all the way back, then it then this starts. Uh, this starts in in a mill in in Apaneca, El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, it it started out as a yearling, um, and then this coffee comes from Noruega, which is named after Norway, uh, where the grandparents of the people who own the the farm uh came from uh so it started out as a yearling on a farm of an heirloom varietal and then it was in el salvador's case in this coffee's case it was it was taken by truck uh up to the farm uh so the farm manager and his crew planted it so now we've gone from the mill and the nursery mm-hmm. three movements already then we've gone to the farm right mm-hmm. now it takes 3 years for that tree to produce fruit that is of exportable quality Mm -hmm. so somebody had to tend to that section of the farm for three years then you have a picking crew that comes through at harvest time um then the then the coffee needs to come back to the mill Mm -hmm. where it's going to be wet processed that's three or four people who run the wet side of the mill then you have nine or ten people who run the dry side of the mill uh then the Silvas, Rafael and Carmen, actually act as their own exporting body. Mm. So they, but they still have, now we got to get it, we have to get somebody that we trust to move that coffee from Apaneca in the highlands down to a port city. Then we've got to trust a shipping company. I'm stressed out. To move it. <laughs> it's right? stressful. We have some crazy stories about like co- our coffee in Nicaragua. But yeah. so, so, the, so, at this point, you know, now we've got the coffee on a container ship. We need to trust we didn't have a relationship with the container ship company because oh we don't want our coffee put on the bow of the boat. Right. Mm-hmm. We you don't got want location preferences. Sure. Because yeah, it can't get wet. It's mm-hmm. highly yeah. absorbent. Yes, it's yeah. in a steel box. However, moisture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's a bitch. They're not all. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not like all containers are not the same. They're not all created equal. Nope. <laughs> they're not. So then the coffee is on the water, right? And it's either going to come into Oakland or Houston or New York, depending on where in the world our coffee is com- coming from. The Noruega comes off of the Pacific coast, mm-hmm. 
meaning that it goes all the way out around Hawaii because it's actually it saves energy to use the current and the trade yes, winds to the go jet out, stream. go out and around Hawaii, mm-hmm. and then it brings them uh, back in just north of Oakland, mm-hmm. and we store all of our coffee at the same place that. 80% of everybody this side of the Mississippi stores their coffee in Oakland. And it's a temperature-controlled, humidity-controlled What warehouse. a business. Hang on. Hang on. We're not. We don't no, even not. have the no. coffee in no, our roast. No, I'm thinking <laughs> what a business for that person who owns the business that ca- holds the, just holds the coffee. Think of mm-hmm. think of a warehouse that. Um, I mean, I don't even understand how you could sell a cup of coffee for $3. I just am lost at this point. But let's get there. That's yeah. really important. That's really important <laughs> conversation to have. So so we have a relationship with the folks at Trico Coffee Services at yeah. the Annex. Right. And then we've got a real it's I mean, we've gone through dozens of trucking companies since 2010 but we finally found one that understands like you can't move my food products with acetone you can't put tires in the truck i need traceability from the moment you pick it up to the moment you deliver it to mine give me that gps Uh, (laughs) so um then it finally gets to us right in ventura in ventura where you roast it, mm-hmm. oh, and then we package it. You have it a ourselves. roasting team, I'm sure. We have it's me and another guy. Amazing, yeah. big team. Yep, <laughs> yep. I mean, we have an amazing crew between our two shops and the roasting department. I mean, like our they're our the crew 17 is, like, the best, best coffee in professionals world. in in the world. Mm, There's, I have is been that doing, how many total employees you yeah, have? 17. I, we've been certified doing, to put a stamp on it. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been here. I've been doing this for 26 years, and I've never met a group of people that works as seamlessly together as 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 those folks do. I They're, can't stop really eating incredible. these pastries. Right. <laughs> yeah. and you wouldn't and they know brought that coffee that w- and pastries. You wouldn't know that that's a gluten-free. <laughs> yeah, I'm eating gluten-free whatever. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think I'm gluten-free today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> until you have a for croissant. Like, for an hour. <laughs> the next hour or so. So I think that was like 20 steps. Like, at, or at I don't think like, that's... I don't think you're... I don't think you're exaggerating. There's at yeah. least... Yeah, and so that brings up another point, which is that Jen and I really don't believe in convenience stickers that go on bags that say things like bird friendly or organic certification or fair trade. Fair trade. I was just going to say, I was trying to think of what I see that one's on a lot of. Fair trade. Why not? Because uh, those, to be blunt, those, those, none of those certifications really end up in a farmer. Or the person who picked the coffee getting well, any more tool. money. Mm-hmm. It makes white people feel better about paying a higher price for coffee, and that money goes to other white people. And it doesn't go back to Latin America, and it doesn't go to East Africa, and it doesn't go to Indonesia. So, how are you making sure that you're that those people are getting their fair share of the? We get on a plane and and we go and we actually have a relationship with the people that we buy coffee from. I was going to say, you just did a trip. We were, when we first reached out to you Mm -hmm. to be on the show, you were like, yeah, that's great, but we're traveling for a month. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, yes, absolutely. That sounds fun, but we're not going to be in the country for a while. Yeah. We were, we were in Kenya, um, but we go to El Salvador, Colombia, um, Costa Rica, Guatemala, um, El Salvador. Did I not say El Salvador? I thought I did. Maybe. Well, um, I loved your trip, and I love that you were you did so much great social media, in my opinion, because it's so fascinating to take something that I mean anybody would take for granted because they have it constantly to like see the actual steps is really cool, and like my whole thought process and question was like, I feel like you're giving a voice and a platform for the people that are like truly doing the work, but I my thought was like 
there's such a line between like what you're doing and what like white people do when they go to Africa and like I so know. so like yes. so this is kind of what I want to talk about too like the glorification for like what you know what I mean like for like how does how is your process truly like benefiting those people different you know what I mean like I think it's hard to say I don't know how yeah to put it no in I mean like you have to toe that line for yeah. sure it's like but I think you know, it's very genuine. Yes. Um, and when, you know, and just going back to like the whole reason why we started Beacon in the first place is like going down to a coffee farm and seeing how much work and blood and sweat and tears that they're, I mean, they're putting everything on the line. They work so hard all year round for one harvest. Mm. And if something goes wrong with that, they don't get That's paid. Their livelihood. It's like, it's just, and the fact that everyone, I mean, everyone enjoys, I mean, a lot of people do enjoy coffee every day, Yeah. but to truly understand how much work goes into it and understanding that it's not, it's not what we're doing. We're just lucky to have these connections and relationships with these families that are growing phenomenal coffee. Um, and just sharing and sharing the, the good and the bad and the things that they go through every year. I just think it's really important. And that was the whole reason why we wanted to start Beacon. There has been such a disconnect in a lot of, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak poorly for anyone that we've worked for in the past. I think we just felt like there was a void in consumers not really understanding um, where coffee comes from and how much, like what it takes to get it here. Um, so yeah, just sharing the process. Do you ever that. get any pushback uh, for pricing? I think um, your coffee is very reasonably priced. Yeah. Am um, I, you know, I think, where do you fall? So I think that it's really important. You know, when we first started Beacon, we we started doing coffee classes, cupping classes, yes. where we, we did the tastings. It's much like a wine tasting, but mm -hmm. we just, you know, three, four or more coffees, I don't, you know, and tasting them all side by side, talking about why they're different, where they come from, stories of the families. Um I think when you understand what goes into it, you know, you can appreciate the amount of work and it makes more sense, you know? Yeah. I have always had this weird like conversation in my head when people tell me that like eating healthy is really expensive and it's like, no, actually like what you're, they are degrading the product so much to make it cheap. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know how to put it again. I'm not good at like putting that thought in words, but like I think about it all the time when people are like organic food is just more expensive and it's like, no, actually that's the price the food should be. Yes. And you're used to eating food that is like subsidized by our own taxes, poorly farmed, ruining the environment. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's a, it's not more expensive. This is like the cost. This is what it costs. Yeah. What you've been getting it for is because of all this degradation throughout the system. This idea Literally down to the farmer, to the environment, to the transporter, mm -hmm. to the idea. Yeah, exactly. The idea that your coffee is more expensive and like like to me like i'm like yes sure at the dollar amount maybe like, i don't know it just doesn't really make sense to me i mean it is more it is more yeah. expensive than maxwell house yeah um for example but, what, for example what, the trash coffee that <laughs> you Melissa know yeah drinks. no i so we did a fun little i did a little side by side i brewed how some, is it over there you know i never like this is i've never this is the maxwell house is so bitter in, in comparison like i i I'm drinking it and I was drinking it before we brought over the beacon and like I didn't really notice I mean it's yeah well it's important to know also that this is a completely different 
level of qualities. Like there's different qualities in specialty coffee. And in coffee. Yeah. I don't well, in coffee. And, and the difference that you have there is that you have you have one that is specialty grade coffee and you have one that is commercial grade coffee. And there is an appropriate market uh, for both. Of course. The problem is that we just have um, we have an international dependence upon setting coffee pricing based on the C market. Mm-hmm. The commodities yep. market yep. in New York, and the C market coffee price right now is like the lowest that it's been since the '80s. And for for reference, fair trade happened in the '70s because the price of C market coffee dipped below eighty cents a pound. Where we're only at a dollar seven, a dollar eight, a dollar nine for C market. Grade well, it hasn't coffee grown right the way the market has, so why does that make sense? It's 2019 and yeah, we're so still the paying dollar, 1982 prices. Yeah, but if you think about it, it's like cheaper than in 1982 because 80 cents yeah, is less decent, now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm, so it's yeah. like even worse. It's like way worse. Uh, especially for farmers that are now two generations into a coffee growing and, and supply crisis yeah and it's a lot harder for anybody that's trying to create coffee for you out of the sea market because of the pricing thing well like what so you're talking for about. instance uh i think the average cost of production in guatemala this year was a little over two dollars and thirty cents a pound no so they're losing a dollar or something on yeah. every sale it's not quite that black and white yeah because off of every farm you will let's say we harvest a thousand pounds let's use round numbers makes it easy okay only 200 of those thousand pounds are going to be estate grade defect free specialty coffee and only then if that farm was grown above a certain altitude okay okay so you have folks that are that grow high grown high density coffee that are getting stuck in this sea market problem because large conglomerates now control even specialty coffee mm-hmm. in the United States. Let's not forget that Starbucks is like the Starbucks and Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf are the only two independent second wave coffee companies that are not owned by a foreign country. Foreign country. Uh, so you've got JAB, which is a German conglomerate. They now own Stumptown, Intelligentsia. Pete's, yeah. Caribou Coffee in the Midwest. Who owns Duncan? Duncan's is uh, Duncan's is still, you know what? Wait, are they? They were like with Baskin Robbins or something. Well, or Duncan's, like Baskin Robbins, and um, and Krispy Kreme, now also owned by JAB. You would think that these are like um, good old American companies. <laughs> like you really yeah. would. This is yeah. like the bread and butter of America. Dunkin', Dunkin fucking donuts. And Krispy yeah. Kreme. And Krispy Kreme. Like yeah. that is America merging and loving each other. And that's not even American companies. No. Nope. I'm and not even trying to be like, oh, America, whatever. But like you think <laughs> all these people think they're giving their dollars well, to. We can go, you well, can go yeah. And, and even like and even Blue Bottle. And, you know, I actually don't really have anything against Blue Bottle because I, I know I have friends that work for them and they're really great people and but they're they just got a ton a ton of money from Nestle. It's like Nestle now owns uh, 50 they own like, they now own more than 50% like, of of Blue Bottle. This reminds me of what's going on in the beer, the craft beer. Oh, totally. this is JAB and Nestle are the Anheuser, yeah, and Anheuser-Busch uh-huh. of of the coffee industry. And so that really only leaves that leaves kind of 
it leaves the folks that are about the size of Verve out of Santa Cruz down to folks that are our size. You know, we aren't feeling it yet because those big conglomerates have not yet combined all of the buying power of those. In they're still running those com companies individually, but that won't last forever. And the moment that JAB goes into Guatemala, into the Antigua region, and grows up and, and buys up an entire area's crop cycle, then they have the ability to crash the price, and they will do that. So, for instance, last last week, and let's use another company, let's use an Italian company that's been around for a couple hundred years, right? Ely, Ely Cafe. We've mm -hmm. all, you've seen it, right? Mm -hmm. So, the same day that the International Coffee Report came out reporting that the sea market had gone to the lowest price that it had been since the 1980s, the next headline was Ely Cafe net profits up 40%. Well, I'm net watching video, cash to the I'm bottom line up 40%. Of farmers in Brazil literally chopping chopping down their farms because they're they're like what are we supposed to do? We can't do this. Like literally tearing their their coffee trees out because they're like we're going to grow something else. We'll, we'll grow like bananas. Makes me which are, throw up. I mean, yeah, I literally sad. was just crying. Yeah, it's it's um there's we're the, we've been talking as an industry about being in a supply crisis for a really long time, and now we're we're there. We're like we're we're in the middle of it right now. So the only way that we can combat those things is to get on a plane and to go down to the places where we buy coffee from and try to have an honest conversation with the people who grow the coffee and the people who mill the coffee and say, what was your cost of production this year? And let's start where we set a price mutually for these coffees mm -hmm. at cost of production. Now, okay, I love it. Okay. And then with a quality differential, and then and then like yeah, just you know we all know that. Robert Parker's wine scores, mm -hmm. yeah, right? So there's similar stuff in the coffee too, coffee industry as well. And so we agree on certain price differentials for the quality of the coffee, and that's led to a few of the people that we work with finally just getting to the point where they're like. This is what the coffee's worth this year. Take it or leave it. Which is awesome. And it's, we fully we're so support happy. that. And we buy and we and we and we pay it we pay for yeah, it. Yeah, because year. some guy in New York shouldn't be creating the prices for I you. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Especially since like they've probably never even been on a coffee farm or they probably you know, they just don't understand. get Maxwell yeah. coffee every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. or the <laughs> or the like the deli coffee in the like in the blue and white Greek cup yeah. in New York yes. City. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Iconic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bodega coffee. I Bodega do have coffee. a really random question that's like coming from left field, not to do this conversation. But mm. are decaf beans like grown decaf? No. It's a process. That Ninety nine percent of the world's coffee that is decaf is not grown that way. OK, Although I was just curious if, if there are know. decaf plants. There are. OK, there, it's there. There's there is a um, there are three families of coffee trees. You have Arabica coffee, the one that tastes good, that we call specialty coffee. Say, heard of then that. we have Robusta coffee, which grows at sea level, tastes like shit but has a hundred times more caffeine. Is in Melissa's cup <laughs> right now? Uh, no, Maxwell House likely does not have Robusta, okay. actually. Um, most of the Robusta go is is consumed and processed in Thailand mm. and in... They're getting twerks. And like in... They're uh, getting just cranked. And in, Viet and in Vietnam. So if you ever had Vietnamese coffee yes. where they put... Oh my God, I had like a heart attack. Yeah, right? I was that's getting it. my... It so was, that's this why. This is so weird. I was getting my nails done one time and the lady was like, do you want some Vietnamese coffee? And I was like... Hell yeah. Sure. Yes. And then 
she was like doing my I was shaking. Yeah. From and I drink coffee every day and I was like, what the hell did she give me? Yes. So the Italians actually use they use about maybe 18 to 20% robusta in all of their espresso blends, all the major guys, Ely, Danese, Segafredo, all those guys. Um, because in Italy and people are going to yell at us when we say this and we're going to put this on the internet, but yeah. In Italy, espresso They're is They're not, not listening at this point anymore. We're in 28 is, minutes. Espresso is not, it's not an art <laughs> I hope form. They are. Um, it's not what? It's not an art form. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a caffeine delivery method. And that's I it. Heard, I heard that. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't understand why it would be considered an art form. In Italy? Well, like at all. Like it's. Well. <laughs> people okay. in, it's ground beans. It's just condensed, isn't no. it? It's just less water. No. It's a special <laughs> bean. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, so I'm just ignorant about it. I'm like, yeah, it's it's an espresso, guys. An espresso machine is like a microscope. And as somebody with a humanities degree, if you're okay. going to make <laughs> me look through a microscope, <laughs> it had better be really, really interesting. Otherwise, He just flexed on that degree. Yeah. Did you see that? So, so He's got um, a degree, guys. <laughs> a useless, expensive You just degree. used it right now? So, why? Well, That's what we're here for. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, so, the. Uh, oh, okay. You just killed it. I don't even I know. I'm sorry. Okay, no, I have a question. I'm yep. the worst. The, I heard that espresso actually has oh, we less caffeine than like a slow drip coffee. They're about, they're pretty, they're actually just. They're about equal. They're within a few milligrams. You were telling us you're like, it's a not machine even that. is a microscope. Yes. So espresso <laughs> has to be interesting. And it's like you're introducing pressure mm-hmm. and you're introducing really, really, really hot water. And it's coming in contact with really, really finely ground coffee. And it's the only method of brewing coffee where you're intentionally trying to end up with actual particulate of coffee in the finished product because it's what gives viscosity to an espresso oh and that's the the viscosity is actually the conduit for for the flavor profile so it's it's not a way of roasting coffee like there are no espresso beans that's that's not a thing um okay but there are ways that one would prepare or blend coffees together such that they taste it. good when put through a pretty violent brewing process so got it do you what is like your highest selling style of coffee is it espresso is it lattes is it drip coffee Americano. is it cappuccinos is it or is it like can we start calling americanos trumps so people will stop ordering them do you not oh is that a, okay yes i love it this is we talk about a lot of like faux pas or like weird things that happen in like the beverage industry like with alcohol so i'm dying to know like why do you not like americanos well the americano is like the one drink that you you won't find on our menu we'll make it for you but it's just not something. So I've definitely stomped into Beacon and been like, I want an Americana. Yeah, and we'll make it for oh, you. No, you did. So yeah. what we but just, so what we just talked about, like the viscosity <laughs> of an espresso being why it has that flavor profile. Then the moment that you pour yeah. that into water, it, it, it breaks <laughs> all of the viscosity apart. Okay. So, you know, it's preparing a good espresso in a Beacon Cafe takes $20,000 worth of equipment, not including... The roasting process, not right? to include the all machine, those people. the grinder, yeah, exactly. the labor, <sighs> like all of that, and then we just put it on some hot water and ruin. Ruin everything. Yeah, <laughs> like so, have a freshly so have a freshly brewed cup of drip yeah. The coffee. drip coffee is actually I I would I would guess without looking at the numbers. I mean, I really think that drip coffee is 
is our best seller for I sure. I love to hear that. And we brew everything. If you've been to either of our cafes, you know that we brew everything to order. So we don't Where's have Where's your second cafe? It's off of Olivas Park in Bunsen. We share a wall with Poseidon Brewery. We're right over in that industrial area, like towards oh. the car dealership. So left okay. on- By like Made West? No, so well, Made West on is, the on, other side. is like on the, the market DMV. side of oh, Victoria, okay. mm-hmm. and we're on the other side of Victoria. Oh, oh, okay. got it. Um, yeah. We needed industrial space. We we had no intentions of even putting a cafe there. In fact, we never even wanted to open cafes. We just wanted to roast coffee. Um, it just people just started showing up at our vintage shop, <laughs> wanting to buy beans directly from us, and then they started asking for cups of coffee, and we're like, okay. So then we started opening a few hours a day, and then it was five days a week, and then it was Saturdays, and then it was Sundays. And now here you are. And now we have <laughs> so Ojai, so which is like... So your Ventura Cafe opened first. It did. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So we opened okay. that in 2010. Yeah. Um, we started roasting, and then, as I said, we just you know slowly built... It's a really, really tiny cafe in, in the front of the roasting plant. Um, yeah. Do you get a lot of... Is it similar, like people that come into beacon like people working and like hanging out for long hours or what's kind of the vibe in the cafe well we only have four five tables in ventura Ventura. really small um we do we do a lot of to-go business there because we're in the office park Mm -hmm. um but it's wild to me the amount of people that we get that just jump off the highway they find us um that will drive to us um to get a cup of coffee which is which is pretty rad. Um, so it's more of a like grab and go situation at the roasting plant. Also, you're seeing the process of the roasting, so it's a totally different feel than our Ojai Cafe. It's kind of like Krispy Kreme. There's a yeah. big bay window that looks yes. directly. You at can the watch your donut. Come yeah, down. I know I I'm so sorry. I just didn't. I didn't even realize you had a cafe in Ventura, which is like no. It's so funny. I mean, now she, she's that just to us all the time. She gets to have it in Ventura. No. Do you know how many times? Okay, so it'll be ten. We'll be in business for ten years next year, right? But people are like, why don't you have a shop in Ventura? And we're like, we we're like, do. do and they're like, no, we mean like in Ventura, you know, like because they, oh, like they in- think it's like so far. Oh, they want us gosh. to be like downtown. But we, we have a lot of wholesale partners that are in downtown um, that serve it. our coffee. People, and- people from Ventura are like, wait, it's on the it's on the east it's side. It's on the other Mm-mm. side of Victoria. Do I have to get on the 126? Yeah, not, totally. That's, <laughs> it's not happening. That's in Oxnard. That's on the other side of Victoria. And I'm like, well. But Legally speaking, it's a Ventura address. We're, we're not in the river bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the Ojai Cafe is just a completely different feel. That is like, that's like my like my dream cafe. I just love that space so much. It just makes I do me too. And the fact that you share it with Caddy Wampus, it's such a dreamy place. I love yeah. it so is much. Is Wampus that still was, there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Melissa, uh, no, I was thinking of Gargantuan. Oh, what the restaurant. That? Yeah, yeah, that was a friend sorry. of ours that we did a pop-up restaurant. That's right. Okay. Um, just really fell in love with his food, and he loved Ojai, and we just felt like it was a good opportunity for him to test the waters, and he's working on his own project to open later this year. So. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So do you have, like, other people that are curious in using that space? As, like, oh, my God. We get asked all the time. But to be completely honest with you, that cafe is higher volume than we never – like, than we ever – anticipated there was and no so ramp up we opened the doors and we did the amount of business Ojai's, we do right now oh hi is kind of epic in that way where like oh like uh, oh hi roti just opened near my house oh my god packed every single oh day oh my god <laughs> we Topa- ate there last week it was just i mean we're I mean, huge like, claude and nick fans oh we were well yeah, yeah and, and cool. we're like 
like we're all like we're like mm, uh, I'm sure we're super annoying to the people sitting next to us but it was like it was just so everybody you're like so oh amazing. my god yes 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 we <laughs> were those much. annoying people yeah. um, no and like topa topa I mean they're obviously gonna be a smash hit but like yeah Ohio supports like if you're making a good product they will be there every day well when we announced that we were taking over the Karos. <laughs> Oh, we got we got some we got some pushback well, oh, on social media crazy like from like there was very there was some like very vocal like eight like eight vo- very vocal people on social media that were just like just they identifying themselves us. as oh hi first you know and they no that makes me hate them i'm sorry i love you guys but I hate you guys no but you know what it was just it was kind of it was kind of wild because you know they were like they're not they're not from here mm-hmm. and we're not from there mm-hmm. you know we've only lived in the valley since 2006 but Ojai is home for us, and we felt like there there was something that we could offer to the community that wasn't already there. And I have to tell you that as soon as we opened the doors, the community embraced us like we never expected it. I mean, there were days that I was just like happy crying because it was oh. just like, you know, we just redoing that carols was the hardest thing that we've ever done in our life. Like we had no idea what we were doing. Our friends, all of our <laughs> friends, like stepped up and helped us. No, we did we the demo. Demolition. We demoed no, like all it. of our friends. We oh. did it right after Christmas. We blew off some holiday steam, and it was amazing. But there was a lot of work to do. I mean, there was carpet on the floors. I mean, that place was yeah. I mean, and if you went in there, you know. This but. brings me to a question that I I really love to ask the mm-hmm. couples that are in business together is like, yeah. how do you two? Is there such thing as a balance? Do you two feel like having a business together makes a relationship harder? Does it make it better? Like, how do you two work through, like, the the interweavings of, like, your love while owning a business together? Sometimes very loudly. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 been difficult. But, but, you know, going back to, you know, 2002, like, we started by working together. Yeah. So, I, we make... I have to say, like, we make a really good team. Yeah. And we we kind of, you know, fill in each other's holes and kind of we, we divide and conquer, as I say. Yeah. Um, and it's not been easy. It's been really hard. But, you know, we both we both really, truly love what we do. And we both really love each other. And yeah. I just, you know, there are times where it's like, okay, can we just not talk about work? But also, it's like all we're doing is talking about work. Well, your work is your life and all you're like we living do. it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, um, so we've found some balance, like like specifically recently in, in the last year. We've, you know, every week we have a, a, like a work meeting yeah. so that we can just get it all out. And so when we come home, we're not talking about all of that stuff because we already talked about it earlier, you know. So that's been really helpful. Um, it also yeah. helps to have, like, no kidding, the best crew in yeah, specialty for, coffee. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> Our know, team is amazing. Uh, recently, Jen had Jen put herself on the schedule for, <laughs> for it. Can I tell this story? Sure. Jen put herself on the <laughs> schedule. Um we have some kids on vacation, and so uh, so Jen Jen put herself on the schedule for an opening shift in Ojai. And, Uh-oh. Um, our barista trainer mm-hmm. and and one of our really experienced baristas who works every day in Ojai, uh, they pulled Jen aside and they're like, "So, um, I think I think we're gonna have Dylan open. We're gonna just make some changes. We're just gonna, I just gonna make some gonna changes to the schedule. I don't think yeah. we're gonna have you open. I think we're and they were letting me down <laughs> softly, like oh. you can sleep in and it won't be. And I was they like, just, it's fine. I I know you guys don't need me anymore. It's okay. Aww. You know, no, it was it was great. But she um, came home. Yeah. She was she was. Um, they just didn't want to split tips with you. <laughs> it's okay. They kidding. don't. I just, yeah, we no, don't. No, 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 no. I'm totally kidding. So in the beginning, they do. They love working with you know when I'm working because then they get they get you know a bigger piece of the pie. But 
no I, I love being in in that space with them I and love I love it. I just love that you own this company and are like I'm gonna come work a shift and then your your workers are like well so here's the thing Jen is like you're not actually yeah. um you're off we're you're off that day we're calling you're you cut. off you're cut oh, yeah. from this no they send me home early like every time do your side work and go <laughs> just to, to be clear um I was told this like 18 months ago <laughs> like like Andrew our our barista trainer is phenomenal and we've known Andrew for a very long time and Andrew came to me in the middle of a, a shift one day and he just put his hand on his on my back and he was like okay buddy that's it you're not you're not a behind the counter employee <laughs> you it need was, to be behind the scenes yeah okay. it was it was it was hard for me to take but a, a phenomenal but it was a, it was it, it, it was, was so like necessary. the beginning of this yeah. new evolution for Jen and I where we were like oh wait a minute um it's time for us to start working on the business and not working at the business. And also, I think it's huge. The fact that your people feel comfortable coming and having those conversations with you is so big, in my opinion. Like, you should be able to go and talk to your boss and be like, this isn't working. Or, like, mm -hmm. love you, but get out of here. I saw yeah. <laughs> I saw a quote the so other day, too, that was, like, uh, like, the most, like, important decision in business is hiring talented people and then letting them do their jobs. Totally. And yes. kind, of, or kind as, of letting them do Or as do we it. say, like, like you know just get get out of their way yeah. yeah let them do their thing and honestly they're the ones that are in there day in and day out they know they know, that they know what the customers are asking for they know what works in the space and so it's like you would be an idiot not to listen to you yeah, know what but I mean? you guys like, also set a really high standard I feel like and I think when you have that from the get-go like this is our you have a very clear mission you have a very clear idea of what beacon is supposed to be and then you hire people that can translate that vision and so i think that's i think it starts too with with the two of you kind of setting the, well, the standard I, a big part of that too is is knowing when it's time to expand your vision to incorporate the vision and the passion of the people that you've brought on mm. and to trust like it was really hard to hear but 18 months ago like they were totally right. They're better at what they do as members of the team than I ever was when that was my job with the company. Well, also, how good can you be at your job if you're trying to do too many things? Yeah, they, exactly. they want you to go do other things. They're yes. like, you go make sure the coffee tastes good yeah, when exactly. it gets here and exactly. we will make it. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Well, I do want to know because we're getting there on time. Okay. But um, is there anything we can expect out of Beacon in the next year or so? Or are you guys kind of letting this thing just do its thing we or? get yeah we get um we've we've had some amazing offers to open other spaces and to be quite honest with you you know john and i talk about this all the time but we've we've promised each other that over the next year we're just really just getting back to our roots concentrating on the coffee um really focusing on sharing the stories of the families and really educating our customer base i think you know we were we were so overwhelmed when we opened Ojai and looking at it now, I feel like in Ventura, it's very obvious to our customers, like where our coffee comes from and, and how we do our business. I would say probably 80% of the people that walk in our Ojai shop have no idea that we not only roast our coffee, but we source it directly. Um, and we know the, the families that are growing the coffee. So that's something that John and I are focusing on this year. Um, and so that yeah. fit from a physical change standpoint, you can expect that there will be uh, an evolution happening in what used to be the kitchen. And you'll see um, a coffee quality lab 
start to develop there. We've already moved. Oh, that's I know. I'm yeah. just like, woo. We've already that? we've already moved our um, our sample roaster up there. So um, where we can roast 15 kilos at a time at the production facility, this guy does half a kilo at a time. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> yeah. Cute. So uh, that allows me to to do more in depth um, analysis of our green coffee purchasing and keeping tabs on how the coffee is aging over the course of the year that we have it in storage. Uh, and I think that that will naturally lead to a bigger expansion of both our internal educational processes and our external, our, our public side of cupping classes and those sorts of things. Oh, yeah. The staff is so good that they came to us last year and said, hey, I think we should do more than just cupping classes. So they wrote a class on brewing methods. They wrote a class on I want to take extraction. the I definitely want to do extraction. the brewing methods. They wrote one. a class on water. No, the, yes, it's so. Our it's, baristas give an entire I feel like class. We on didn't even water. get into like yeah, the coffee. Yeah. So we could have gone like a million. Well, you different can expect roads. to see me at all those classes. Yeah, I want to go so bad. Well, because part of so I'm a certified sommelier, and so part of oh. our part of our testing mm -hmm. is now delving way more into coffee and tea. Like it started to take a turn a couple years ago. So I need to know my shit. Well, I yeah, learned no, I learned please. how to cup coffee in Colorado by. You know, we did not have our own Lanuse set at the time. Coffee did not, mm -hmm. so we all used the 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 wine extract sets to train yeah. our palates. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So that's now fun. there's a now there's a coffee one though. Yeah, the Lanuse yeah. de Cafe. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, we would love to have you for at least a coffee cupping, which yeah, is the sure. that's how yeah. we evaluate coffee and decide if we're going to buy it and. Um, yeah, we didn't even get into that. It'd be I fun know. to have yeah. like some <laughs> slurping <laughs> sessions. Through, yeah, the yeah. Yeah, ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think something that's overlapping with all of our interviews that I just I can't stress enough is that we all vote with our dollars every single day. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you give a shit about this world that we're living in and about the processes that you take for granted every day, I think it's important if you've listened to this podcast to truly look at your habits and if you care, you'll vote with your dollars and that's super important to me. So I'll be seeing us repping in beacon. Oh, hello. I'll be going <laughs> podcast meetings. We need to do it. We need to record an episode there. <laughs> I know we should. <laughs> we could <laughs> Maybe a little loud, but yeah. we'd have like the cafe. We'll cafe have buzz. Buzz. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Jen and John for Thanks being for here today. Us. Um, go out, support Beacon, and thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.